The ferry from Boston is almost the only vessel one can see on the broad blue expanse of Provincetown Harbor this morning. But this harbor was not always so serene. During most of the 19th century, it was filled with Yankee whaling and merchant ships. As whaling declined, many of the Portuguese sailors on those vessels stayed in Provincetown. They thought there would always be a living to be made fishing these cold North Atlantic waters. They could not know that eventually industrialized fishing methods would deplete that ocean bounty. Thirty years ago, there were 70 boats in the Provincetown fishing fleet. Now there are just 12. It's really sad to see the fishing industry die in Provincetown because it was really the biggest part of the community. Today, Provincetown native John Vasque is captain of a whale-watching boat for tourists. Like most of his childhood friends, Captain Vasque's entire family is ethnically Portuguese. And like them, he had expected to fish all his life. I used to own a dragger in Provincetown, and uh, the stocks got really dwindled and things were really tough, and I decided to uh, change professions. Do you remember actually hearing Portuguese spoken? When I was a little kid, that's all I spoke was Portuguese, because my grandmother lived with us, and that's all she spoke was Portuguese, but through the years, I've uh, lost it. If you don't mind my saying so, you look a little bit kind of sad or at least wistful when you talk about what was here in Provincetown with the Portuguese. Is that true? Uh, it was a really close-knit community. Everybody kind of knew each other, and a lot of families interwoven into marriages. It was just one big happy place back then. That's the way 91-year-old Catherine Pierce, Annie Oliver, and other friends at the nursing home remember it, too. We were very poor, but we were very, very happy. Yeah, We lived in the towns where it was poor, but good. This town has changed a lot, hasn't it? Yes, my childhood days, a lot of changes. We had wooden sidewalks. They had a Portuguese dance every so often. The men would play banjo, and, and we all sang together. It was a happy, very happy life. But it really was a beautiful town. I've seen it change, so. Well, I don't think it's for the good. The rents are very high here. And I think it's terrible for these poor people that want to work and can't find a place to stay. I mean, it's gotten out of line, I think. For a century or more, the Portuguese of Provincetown lived alongside artists and writers who were drawn to the area's near magical natural light and its relative remoteness. There were some tourists, but the town was not considered a luxurious or easily accessible destination. But as roads improved and fishing declined, tourism, and then gay tourism, became the town's lifeblood. Real estate prices are now beyond the reach of most artists, and many Portuguese have moved away. It really was a, sort of a classic scenario of there not being enough to sustain a younger generation. Amy Wharf McGuigan's father was a Provincetown native, and her mother was a painter. In her memoir, My Provincetown, Ms. McGuigan recalls her girlhood summers during the late 1960s and early 1970s. She says it was a pivotal time when Provincetown had a cosmopolitan bohemian atmosphere 
it was still populated mostly by sprawling Portuguese families. All through town in those days, you know, many of the homes were still owned by the Portuguese families, and you'd see them out on the on the stoop in the evening after dinner, and somebody would call you into the yard, and, and there was always this sense of individualism. Every one of the houses had some little quirky thing about it. You know, an old dory would be in the front yard filled with petunias, or, you know, there'd be um, a swordfish sword sort of lashed over the doorway and just little things like that that'd be um, the dinner smells and the fish smells of course you just would meander in and out fish wasn't the only thing one could smell back in provincetown's good old days and it still isn't today one can still catch the aroma of traditional handmade bread wafting out the screen door of the provincetown portuguese bakery on commercial street just as it has for over a century pastries too. Here are fresh Portuguese meat pies being dropped into scalding hot oil to cook. The name in Portuguese is pastéis de massa terra. And they eat a lot of these in Portugal? Oh yeah, a lot. Antonio Ferreira, the owner of the Portuguese bakery, was born in Portugal and emigrated to Provincetown in 1965. To this day, Almost every one of his employees was either born in the old country or is descended from someone who was. So it's Portuguese by name and by heart. Over the years, Mr. Ferreira has tried to revive Portuguese as a spoken language in the town. He once started a Portuguese language class at the high school, and he hosted an all-Portuguese program on the local radio station. Here's an excerpt from one of his shows. Luziada é patrocinado pelo restaurante Morse, localizado em Provincetown, servindo comida americana e portuguesa, incluindo mariscos. Both endeavors were short-lived. Although we still have every year the Portuguese festival, at that time everybody considers themselves Portuguese and uh, uh, we are not as many numbers, but we are still as high in spirits as, uh, as before. Some older folks, like Catherine Pierce and her friend Annie Oliver at the nursing home, recognize that the Portuguese province town they once knew may be gone forever, yet they take a philosophical attitude. They say that the water, the light, the adventurous, open-hearted attitude of people in Provincetown are constants whose meaning will abide. And I still love it with all the changes we have. I love Provincetown and this is where I want to die is in Provincetown. I have no love for anywhere else. That's because you got me with you. <laughs> this is Adam Phillips in Provincetown at the northern end of Cape Cod, Massachusetts.